Calgary Next with Tara McCool and David Wallach is brought to you in part by Calgary Economic Development. Calgary is the choice for the world's best entrepreneurs, embracing technology to solve some of the greatest challenges. Our guest this morning is Dave Kelly. He was a staple on morning TV for many years, including a few years with Tara on breakfast television. Ooh, ooh. Yeah. <laughs> That's why it took me some time to convince her to have you here today. Repetition, I know. <laughs> He has made big moves since then as an award-winning host, writer, interviewer, and a playwright. And a book writer as well. And a bodybuilder. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we don't want to forget show. that. It doesn't show. Thank God He's got his radio. tank top on right now. Rippling muscles. He's also the co-founder of Kelly Brothers Productions, a video and entertainment company. Dave's here to fill us on what he's been up to since he left Tara and the breakfast show. Good morning, Dave. I've just been crying. That's all I've been doing. Good morning, David. Thanks for having me here. Good morning, Tara. Good morning. It's so nice. So how's the reunion? It's, oh, well, we so love emotional. each other, so you know. And I love that you wore your crop top tank today. Just for you. Just for me. Just Appreciate for it. So one of the things that, like, when Dave and I were working together, it was almost like we were the same person. So if I showed up somewhere and Dave wasn't with me, it was, well, where's Dave? Where's Dave? <laughs> yeah. Well, he's with his wife and he's <laughs> got another life. Um, but so, Dave, I get asked all the time, What's Dave doing? So f- fill us in. I know there's a, that's a loaded question right. because you've been doing a lot since then, but yeah. why don't you talk about your most recent stuff? Well, let's see. When I left the show, that's been it, actually. That's kind of all I've been doing, just waiting for this moment, <laughs> Tara. No, And here it is. Here well, it is. you had the chance with me a few years ago. You denied <laughs> Blew it. Blew it. Blew that. No, I uh, – so, yeah, I started a company with my brother doing uh, corporate – Uh, well, video work, mostly corporate work, uh, and then kept up the hosting world. So r- what I've been mostly doing in the last little while is writing and producing a talk show of our own, but then also doing uh, live event hosting. So I, I, uh, people bring me in to interview CEOs for their conferences or run their conference for them or interview shiny people that come through. When I was looking at your uh, website, I saw, you know, interviewing uh, Alan and interviewing uh, Barack Obama. And then you have a picture of you doing a Zoom interview. Mm-hmm. How do you feel between the two? You know, 15,000 here and then maybe five people on Zoom that you don't even see them. <laughs> <laughs> well, part of it uh, for, I think, the entire world has been to say, that's what you have to deal with. I mean, I'm sure in real estate, it's no different. It's like, well, this is our reality. So what are we going to do? So part of our job and my job is to say, if we're going to do virtual events or if we're going to do hybrid events, how do we make those as interesting and as compelling and not just a horrible, everyone turns their camera off Zoom meeting that we're used to. So it's been hard, but good. So is it different to prepare to this versus mm-hmm. this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is because there's the the live, uh, trying to inv- in, engage an audience is is takes a bit more thought. And I, what I tell people, if you're doing something online, you're not producing a conference, you're not producing an event, you're producing a TV show. So you have to think of every Zoom meeting as a TV show. And if you look at any TV show, ask yourself, how long are any segments? There's nobody on The Tonight Show that says, I'm just going to do a half hour PowerPoint here. It's going to be really great. And they do five minutes. So if you're doing a conference with an hour PowerPoint presentation, you're making a huge mistake if that's online because no one's going to watch it. 
Um, I got to see a lot of your Dave Kelly live Mm. shows. So, so good. And I know it was a challenge through COVID. Obviously, Mm. we didn't have any gatherings. Is, are you going to start that up again or what's the plan for Dave Kelly live? It's a great, uh, it was great for when it was. And now that the world is different, we're saying, okay, we want to do something starting in September, but who knows what that's going to look like is, I mean, even now, anyone we know in the ticket selling business still is having a hard time. People aren't coming out to stuff like they were. Sometimes mm-hmm. they will, sometimes they won't. So it's, it's a very tricky game to say, I know that I'm going to get 400 or 500 people to a show. It's just a dance. So Wow. We just have to be. I'm pretty sure you're going to get a large audience at the Stampede. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I think that might be guaranteed this <laughs> yes. year. So why don't you let people know? I mean, if you've been to the Stampede Grandstand show, you've seen Dave Kelly, but let everybody know what you've been doing with the Stampede. Well, it started as me uh, being the MC for the Chuck Wagons. And as I got around more of the, the Grandstand people, I ended up coming on as a writer. So now... I write the show with a, well, I mean, I don't write it myself, but I'm with a creative team. My job is to come up with the words and the structure. And so we've done that for the show. It's pretty set. And now this year, I'm also going to be hosting it. So I'm going to be on stage in a spangly little Western outfit doing a show. <laughs> like the Young Canadians? You know You're going to have leotards yeah, I'll be, on? I'll be watching you on the second Saturday of the Stampede. Are I'm you, there. Are you? I will try extra hard knowing you're in the audience. I'll do that. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Just wave. <laughs> can you share anything about what we can expect for this show? Uh, yeah, we decided because so much of the world has been stress and division and frustration. We said, can we just do a show that's Everybody goes, wasn't it fun when? And so we're doing this musical, uh, every, we're doing all of your songs. You know what? Now that I think of it, we're not doing Tainted Love, which I don't know if you knew is Tara McCool's <laughs> go-to song. But uh, we're, it's going to be like all of those concert moments you remember, all of the club moments you remember, we're packing all that into a show along with the greatest fireworks How of fun. all time. Yeah. So Prince obviously needs to be in that mix. So yeah. I guess I'm going to listen to Tainted Love on the next spin class. <laughs> yeah. I've played that. I've played that one in, in my spin class. Have you before. really? Oh yeah. Tainted Love. How could you not? Well. No. Well, that's exciting though. That yeah. must be because mm-hmm. um, there last year it was very different. Um, was. Not quite full stampede. Um Compare what that was like last year, kind of trying to have that hybrid and making it a show, but it was a little different. It was really uh, fun in some ways because last year the bar, I don't want to say the bar was low, but we didn't know we were doing a show until a month before. And usually it's a year. We didn't know until a month. They just said, we're just going to do the fireworks. No one can be in the the stands and we're just going to broadcast the fireworks, which I don't know if you ever watched fireworks on, on a screen. It's terrible, but they were like, that's all we can do. So that's what we'll do. And then a month before they said, wait, 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 we might be able to put stuff on stage. We may get people in. And then as you remember, when the government announced like 10 days before it's going to go and people can go, then we just scrambled together a show and it was scrambled together, but the audience was so appreciative. So they were so excited and so thrilled to be there that there was something that they loved it. This year, the pressure will be back on to say, yeah, but it's got to be a great show. So that's what we're after. You know, one of the things that I hear from Tara all the time, Mm -hmm. coming from TV to radio, is, oh, on TV, I just walked in and, you know, everything was ready for me. Now, you moved from, 
you know, in I front of oh, the... I never you said, said that. Said I have no idea what you're when talking you about, about right now. Pro- when you complain about our producers. <laughs> this is, this is, is what Tara would true. do. She would drink most of the night <laughs> and then st- stumble in, shot a coffee and start the show. Totally. That's how every oh morning. God. So you moved right? from... He, you are so- misrepresenting everything. <laughs> <laughs> Reese, you need to know that too. <laughs> Uh, so yeah. you moved from in front of the camera to basically behind the camera as mm-hmm. well because you're now the producer, director. Mm-hmm. How, how does it change your kind of preparation for a show? It's still similar. Like my I, – I play to my strengths. I'm not necessarily going to be the best visual person anywhere. So as far as what should this look like or what should this sound like, I won't know. But what I like to do is to get into the human side of whatever. So if I can find out – what makes somebody tick or what they're feeling or how other people can relate to them. That's the same. And it's the same. And no matter what I've done, I've always said, that's the part that just interests me. I'm not really good at the news. I'm not really good at being the reporter. That's going to grill a politician on what's going on that day. But if you want someone to say, why does this person do this? And how can I relate to that? That's where I go. So that's how you kind of looked at my bio, I guess. Yeah. But you're, I'm you're interested. You're the first, the first guest that looked at my bio. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but that's it, Dave. Like if, if when we had a guest on, Dave's main mission was always to try to make them at ease and make them feel comfortable, make them feel special. And that's a gift. And that also allowed for a great interview. Yeah. they felt good. Well, that's and what confident. I, yeah, I, I just knew that anybody's going to talk if they feel safe and if they feel like this is going to be interesting, then we're good. But if they don't, then they're on guard. So my job was to try to do that. Yeah. And you always did it really well. Yeah. All right, Dave, we're going to take a little break and uh, we will be right back. I want to find out a little bit about how you prepare to be in front of a crowd. What do you do for nerves and how do you write a great speech? Those kinds of things. You know, just just little 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 questions. Sure. We'll be right back. Calgary Next with Tara McCool and David Wallach is brought to you in part by Calgary Economic Development. Calgary is the choice for the world's best entrepreneurs, embracing technology to solve some of the greatest challenges. Calgary Next with Tara McCool and David Wallach is brought to you in part by Calgary Economic Development. Calgary is the choice for the world's best entrepreneurs, embracing technology to solve some of the greatest challenges. Our guest this morning is Dave Kelly, co-founder of Kelly Brothers Productions. So how do you summarize the change for the last five years since you decided to move to this side of the business, so not just you know, be the nice face next to Tara uh, on TV on the breakfast show? Uh, uh, you know what? I have the best because the, when COVID happened, we were a production company and there was no more productions. I have the best Zoom uh, set up in the world because I've got all our studio lights. I've got a teleprompter. I've got a camera. I've got a green screen. So I feel like my wife is like, we used to have a really nice storage area downstairs. Why is it now a TV studio? So, but I've learned more about the technical side of work and I've had to learn, and I hate the word pivot, but we did. We had to learn to say, okay, what's different? How can I offer something? What does that look like? And people still want to be entertained. And that's what I find is still, is always carries is trying to be entertaining. Um, when I read your bio, I figured out that you're a dancer, which, you know, 
we cannot do it right now because we don't have TV, but also a singer. Yes. So, I, and I won't ask you to sing. Good. But I want to check with, talk with you about uh, the elk you met in Edson. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, I, I've written a few kids' books, and I met an elk in Edson once. Was a, a guy challenged me? He was a publisher, and he said, "Can you write a travel book for kids uh, about Alberta?" And so I just researched a bunch of Alberta and came up with this dumb idea of this guy and a talking elk wandering around. If I didn't, I'd have brought you a book if I'd have known. Uh, <laughs> and so we we put together. We found an illustrator and put together an entire book, a storybook on on this boy and an elk who travel around Alberta trying all the big sites out. So, which site is the nicest in your opinion? Uh, well, the fun one that people don't head smashed in is interesting just because it's such a, I had no idea this was here. There's a few like that, like the Badlands. Everybody knows Banff. Everybody knows Jasper, but they haven't been to, or even to Elk Island and seen the bison and the elk there. All these places that you're like, I did not know that existed in our province are fun ones. Yeah. So you've written three one man shows. Mm-hmm. Um, so good. So, so good. And now you're working on another mm-hmm. play. And um, tell us about that. You went on a road trip with Benny mm-hmm. and your friend Benny. We love Benny. Tell uh, us all about that one. It started, uh, you may have to edit the story. I'll tell it as fast as I can. So COVID hit, work went away. Uh, and then George Floyd was murdered and the Black Lives Matter thing came out and it was this huge deal. And I was the guy who did the land acknowledgement at every event because I do a lot of events. And I realized in talking to, so I talked to a bunch of African Canadians and then that led me to Indigenous Canadians and led me to other immigrant groups or not Indigenous hard immigrant. And I realized when I did the land acknowledgement, I had no idea who was who. I just said the names. I didn't, I thought, can a Sutina people, what's a Stony? And do they know, is it the same language? And where are they from? I felt bad knowing that if I said an Italian, a Scandinavian, and a British guy walk into a bar in Paris, everyone listening would know exactly where those places were and where Paris was. But if I said a Sutina and a Stony walk into a bar, no one would go, where are they from? Where is this? I And there, no one. So I learned that. And then I learned immigrant groups. And then I talked to Chinese immigrant people and realized, why are there Chinese and Western cuisine stores in all small towns? Why is that? Why aren't there German and Western cuisine in all these small towns? And why are there Chinese laundries? Do Chinese people know something about soap that the rest of the world doesn't? Like, why? I just right. didn't. So I found out why. And then part of it was my buddy, Ben Wong, his parents ran a small town Chinese and Western cuisine restaurant in Fox Creek. So I took him on a road trip and he hadn't been there since the 80s. And we went up and stayed in this dingy hotel and ate at the restaurant and talked stories and talked racism and talked about his upbringing. And he's a buddy of mine and had no idea, no idea what it's like to grow up as a child of Chinese immigrants in Alberta and what that was like. And it was just a mind-blowing experience. Hmm. So is this a play, a one-man play, or is this, what are you, how are you writing this? We did it as a two-man so far. It's me and Ben doing it together. Yeah. Okay. You'll both be performing it. Yeah. Well, that's exciting. When do we think we're going to see that? Well, we did a reading a couple of weeks ago and it went fairly well. And so now we're going to take it away and work on it. And by the way, uh, soap, they don't have anything with soap. It was the, uh, it was, and I asked him, Ben, I said, what's with the restaurants? What's with the laundries? Were the men in in China big at that? And he was like, no, it's women's work there. Same as it was here. Laundry, cooking, that was women's work. 
but it was the only jobs they could get. So they took them. So it's the only place where they get a gig was doing everyone's laundry. So they did. Yeah. It's oh. So interesting. You mentioned a few times COVID, 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 the work stop. Now that we are all coming out of COVID, where do you see your industry and where do you see your kind of business gr- growing in the next, you know, let's say, 12 months? Sure. I think the biggest piece is people have accepted and technology has leapfrogged uh, so far that if you're going to put on a conference, for example, you need a lot more buy-in than you would have three years ago because people then now people say do I really need to travel do I really need to be a room with a bunch of people and I like zoom meetings at home so why would I go so you need a big reason for people to get there and uh, if you're going to do virtual or going to do a hybrid it's amazing what people will accept I've done full interviews with me in a stage of 500 people and a screen and somebody from around the world and that means you can book people for an interview literally from around the world they don't have to be there and people are fine with it so that's really changed how things go so I see that hybrid or technology being a big piece of you don't see more people coming in back to yeah state to stadiums and and you know I do holes. I think like let's say you two is coming to town then yes everyone's gonna go yeah that's after we get a new event center 100 right now they, with the acoustic <laughs> go to of this one. Yeah, yeah exactly it's Edmonton yeah. or Vancouver exactly <laughs> But those things, the stampede, people will go to that. But let's say you're the Canadian Dental Association and you're having a conference. Is everyone going to show up? There's, are there a lot more people going to go, eh, maybe I'll just Zoom that one? Or is there a Zoom option? So I just think those, that world has changed. The top, yeah. If, if Tom Cruise comes to town, people will show up. But not the other not stuff. Not the dentist? No, <laughs> they're good, maybe. Yeah, yeah. So Dave, you are a great storyteller. You've always been a great storyteller. I know you've had to work on that, right? You've always been trying to work on your craft. Um, but you were saying that it's different when you have a live audience, like with Ellen or Barack Obama, where you need to include uh, the audience. And I really saw that when I went to both of those events. And it was all about the storytelling and, and you invited the audience into these stories with you. What is the key to telling a great story? Um, the problem. I'm going to say that. And I'm, I'll pro- I'm on my bike on the way home, I'm going to go, oh, why didn't I say this? But for me, uh, if it's a big problem that you're trying to solve, that's always an interesting story. So when I was with Ellen, it was saying I was dealing with my kids and I was trying to, I tried to tell her a story of my issue or for her coming out was a big deal. And you could feel in the audience, there was a lot of people who loved her because she came out, whether they were gay or not, wasn't the point, but just somebody having courage, especially a woman having courage. So there was a lot of realizing that, that having courage is the story people want to hear about and say, what are they interested in? And how do I, how do I craft something that way? Mm-hmm. To tie it into where so. people can relate yeah. to yeah. it. Yeah. Cause I did notice you, you always brought something personal. And so you tied it into yeah. your own personal yeah. feelings Sharing as well. Your experience. Yeah. yeah. And people love vulnerable, right? Yeah. It's, it's easy to say, uh, yeah, I hit that story about something. But if I say, this is what I'm having a hard time with. It's everyone listens because they want to know. Yeah. So what's the nugget you're going to give an advice to someone who wants to start a business? You did it for, what, five, six years ago? Yeah. Um, I think I, if, I, if I had my life over or I met a young person, I would so uh, – Jeb think – you know, Jeb, Jeb's joke whenever he talks at grads, 
high school grads. He tells everybody, go get married. First thing you don't go to college, go get married because you're going to divorce the first one anyway. So get it out of the way and figure it out. And I feel like in some ways it's, he did it to be funny, but there's some truth to don't worry about getting it right out of the gate. And in business, I would say start sooner than I did and uh, just try because it'll go wrong and maybe it'll go wrong and you'll fix it or maybe it'll go wrong and you'll move on. But waiting isn't going to teach you anything. I love that. And that's something that a lot of business owners, experienced business owners say, mm-hmm. just do it. Just get going. Mm-hmm. Take some action. Mm-hmm. Can move yeah. on. Might be a disaster, but you'll learn from it. Yeah. Yeah. Right? And I, in your case, you've had all sorts of different like yeah. ebbs and flows and then learning along the way. It's true also for entrepreneurs. Usually the first one, you know, goes, goes wrong and the second one is more successful. Yeah. I agree. Right. Well, Dave, what a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming in. Dave Kelly, co-founder of Kelly Brothers Productions. And hopefully you'll see him and uh, Ben up on stage very soon. And Dave Kelly live in whichever format you you decide (laughs) you're going to go with. (laughs) Thanks, Tara. Thanks, David. Thank you. Calgary Next with Tara McCool and David Wallach is brought to you in part by Calgary Economic Development. Calgary is the choice for the world's best entrepreneurs, embracing technology to solve some of the greatest challenges.